almighty people of the most high and magnificent God, all you God seeds out there from Revelations chapter 12, this is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today, straight out of the word of God. I'm going to be dancing all over this Bible today, so I've got lots of verses. Um, Some of them I may not be able to read all of them because there's quite a few, um, but I'll definitely reference them so you can hang along with me. So strap on your five-point spiritual harness and let's go for a ride. Amen. The Lord has put on my heart to make a continuation of some of the things he had told me through the last podcast about intimacy and how important that is right now in this last hour. How important it is, period. Okay, if you were living 150 years ago, it'd still be important. It's the most important part of your walk with God is how, how intimate you are with him. Because out of that intimacy is born your obedience. All everything revolves around that relationship. It's just like a uh, the mother and the father of a home. Uh, everything in that home uh, revolves around that intimacy between those two parents. And once that goes off kilter, the whole home goes off kilter. Okay. So God wants us to understand it. It's very important. And. Um, Uh, I'd like for you to go with me to Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Something that he just put on my heart. Um, Yeah, Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. You know, sometimes we learn things in our own lives. And as we walk out the allegory of our own lives, God begins to speak to us. And he highlights our own life and the things that we go through. And they become... Um, allegories in which he speaks to us and then he will take and he will show it to us in the Bible he'll show you how your life is written in this word it is living he'll use it to speak to you it is alive okay amen and um, you know being in a relationship with Jesus in an intimate way is different than being in the law and recently, I have been beat over the head by somebody that I love dearly with the law. And if anybody has ever had to go through that, you know what I'm talking about. And um, this is a relative of mine that I love very much. And um, the person wants to justify themselves outside of, in addition to what Jesus did on the cross. It's very plain. And you got to understand something, that when people come to entangle you and to ensnare you back into bondage, uh, it reminds me of that verse in the Bible in Galatians that says, Oh, you foolish Galatians. <laughs> Remember that? Who hath bewitched you that you think you could go back into the law? Okay, he's very... Paul was a amazing man of God. He was led by the Holy Spirit. But uh, that's the thought that come to my head when this person continued and continued and continued to try to ensnare me. And that's exactly what the Lord put on my heart while this person was doing this uh, over and over in my life. And um, cause let me tell you something about law people. They are always using the law to try to make you feel like you are a less than. God is not wanting that for you because that is how they use it. They use it as a weapon. It's exactly the way Satan uses the law. So it's important that we, why did, how does this have anything to do with intimacy? It has everything to do with intimacy. 
Because if you're not outside of all that, if you're not soaring above the law, walking in the spirit with God, you can't be intimate with Christ. You've got to understand this. Don't turn me off. Don't push that button. Hear me out. Okay? It's like looking at the ocean. Okay? This word is like this. Looking at the ocean. Okay? And, um... You have never put on scuba diving equipment or a snorkel. My husband, when we were uh, <laughs> when we were dating, he took me down to Cancun, and I had never been out of the country. I remember um, I had never seen, I had never been around the ocean much at all. I had passed by it. My my mom and daddy they weren't really beach people; they're farm people. <laughs> And uh, and so I was like, oh my goodness, this man's taking me places. And, I, and so he took me and, I mean, he just <laughs> treated me like a princess. And he took me down there and we went scuba diving, okay? Not scuba diving, uh, snorkeling. And Cancun has one of the most beautiful, I think it's the largest barrier reef in the world. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's like, this word is like the ocean, Okay. You can look at the ocean and have never peeked underwater and just think, well, it's just the ocean. That's what it is. I see the waves. There it is. Okay. I see all that. There's a whole world underneath there. A whole other world underneath the water that we don't see just by standing on the shore. So if you read this word uh, from a lo- just from your own reason and logic and just want to take it for the black and white and what it says, you're never going to understand what it really means. There are deeper meanings that are deeper than what you read with your reason and logic. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you are in intimacy with Christ, when you are in intimacy with Christ, this word is not a law anymore. It is alive to you. It it becomes part of your spirit because you are married to Christ. You are one with Christ and you and him are getting together and you're getting pregnant all the time, bringing forth babies, bringing forth new things, bringing forth all kinds of new things into the earth. Okay. Hallelujah. I hope that that meant something. I hope you got something out of that. But when you are in intimacy with Christ, okay, It is not a dead marriage. You are not dead. You are not just married according to the law. You see marriages like that. Some of you have been in marriages like that maybe. Or maybe you've uh, observed others who, you know, you just, uh, they are married, but they're not intimate. They're not like, um, they're not close. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm talking about they're just, there's a frigid rigidity there that, that they're not really one in their spirits with each other, okay? They're not in a mad romance about each other. They're just married, okay? Yet they are obligated. See, the law obligates us. Yes, it does, okay? So here in Romans, it talks about that very thing, okay? And Paul says this, he says, For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband. So long as he liveth, so long as he's alive. But if the husband dies, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband was living, uh, she be married to another man. 
okay, she would be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she's free to free from that law so that she is no longer an adulteress, though she be married to another man. So the law is as a husband, was as a husband to Israel. Israel was married to the law. And she loved her law. She loved her law. She obeyed her law. She was obligated to her law. And nobody better talk about her law. Okay? <laughs> because that was where God put her for that season. Um, some of this I learned through my own life. Okay? Um, I will open up and say this. Um, I knew that the Lord married me to my wonderful husband. And he has an amazing... He had an amazing life, okay? And we loved each other so deeply and so dearly. But we went through so many trials. I'm going to tell you something. Boy, did we ever go through the trials. And nothing could, sh- could shake our love for each other. Long after everything was stripped away from us, it was just, there wasn't anything left but a little leaf hanging on. And it was our love for each other, okay? But, uh... Uh, because of his sickness and disease and all the hell that we went through. That's just the truth right there. Hell came knocking at our door early in our marriage. Um, It it took away a lot of the um, peace of our lives. You know, we were young. We were in our 20s. And um, it it was a fiery trial. And it was a beautiful place to be because that's where God formed both of us. And uh, those of you who listen to my podcast, you know that my husband the Lord took him on back in October, uh, the October the 12th of 2017. But, um, uh, we loved each other so deeply and dearly, but, um, even long after the romance was gone. Okay. Um, that's, that's true love and true commitment where it's not about what you're getting. It's about how much you love that person. How much are you willing to lay up your life for that person? That's really deep. And it's that way with Jesus. It's sometimes, you know, the word tells us that Jesus in Isaiah, that um, there was no form or comeliness to him that we should desire him. Everybody always thought that, well, that means he wasn't a very good looking man in the flesh. No, no, I don't think that's what it means. I mean, it could be. But it's more like what he is to our flesh Many times he has no come, no form of comeliness that we should desire him because our flesh desires beauty is attracted to sparkly things, okay? But, but it, it kills the flesh. It, it requires something of you to have, that, uh, to have that walk with. There is a sacrifice. Nobody talks about the sacrifices that go in with serving this God. This word tells us that we're going to go through trial if we're going to love God. Where did we ever get this false teaching out here that whenever you see trials coming on your life, it's almost like, well, you're not walking in the blessings of God because you, you're just not serving God right. That's not true. Okay? Because he has no form of comeliness that we should desire him. Okay? We just, it, it's not, he's not appealing to our flesh. True love is such a wonderful blessing. And yes, you can feel warmth and all of that stuff and beauty but but when you really get down to where you have to do a thing that's hard to do in order to love a person most people just give up leave 
They're out of there. And that's what you're going to see with this church here today. Because I'm telling you this. Is that they didn't want to be intimate with Christ Jesus. You see. They didn't want to be lovers with him. Oh yeah. You better hear that. They didn't want to be intimate. So that when they're. They, when You know a husband. Whenever he comes to his wife. Okay. You, you guys that are listening. You ladies that are listening. Brothers and sisters. Okay, and the man comes up. He wants to nibble on his sweetheart's neck. He wants to be intimate with her. Okay, uh, and there's a romance there, and she responds, and they play, and all of that. Uh, many of these today that are still in the law. Okay, they got one foot in the law, and they got one foot over here uh, trying to be in an intimacy with Christ. They keep going back and forth, but they don't really want. Christ. They don't want him to come all the way into their lives. They don't want to they don't want to put their their every desire before him. They don't want to make a decisions together with him like a married couple does. They keep doing everything in the flesh. Okay? They keep refusing him, pushing him away. You know? You see wives that, that in the natural that do that, they just, ew, don't, it don't touch me, it's just gross. You know, that's what the, many of the church people have done today that call themselves Christians. They only wanted to go so far, okay? They only wanted to go so far. They wanted the benefits of God, but they didn't really want to go all the way in, Okay? They thought that they could walk in this legalism and that that would be fine, that it would be on paper, there would be a legal marriage and that that would satisfy God. But no! Okay, that's why coming out of the law is necessary. Okay? Now, um, I'm going to move from there because the law is unto sin and death. And I'll move from there into Galatians. Okay? And, um, I'm going to say this, um, the law is fulfilled for us. Okay. Now I'm going to, why did, why am I talking about this? What, you know, the law and intimacy, how important that is, um, on, on so many things hang our intimacy. Okay. Our ability to hear from God. It, it hangs on our intimacy with him. Um, if you're not willing to be intimate with him, you're, you're not going to get the inside secrets and revelations and the heads up on a lot of things because you're not hearing from, from God in the spirit. You're, you're just trying to serve him in a legal way. So you're going to, you're just not going to hear. I've told this to people many times, uh, about if you don't hear from God, you know, you're not going to be able to make it in the last hour. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. And I'm not the only one, many of you out there also that listen to my podcast for confirmation, for comfort. Uh, Some of you may listen so that you won't feel like the only one that's crazy. just playing but you know what I'm saying you 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 find comfort that there's others out there that 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 also have been you know sounding the alarms for years and years and these people they just don't want to listen okay they just don't want to listen okay now we here here we are in the last really you see it we're here in the last days we're living out revelations and they still don't want to listen but there's hope for you okay um, there's hope for you in that, um, don't feel discouraged. Um, God said there would be many people that were deceived and, and would be being deceived. 
okay, because of what? Because of their, their stubbornness. They have the same characteristics as those people that were set free from Egypt, that first generation that wandered around in the wilderness. And the Lord put that word on my heart to do on my, my next podcast that this is the other word I'm going to be doing. So if you want to tune in for that, I suggest that you do when it's convenient um, because there's some people you're going to have to leave behind. Okay, that's right. There's some people that you're going to have to leave behind and you have to go forward to do what God has called you to do. It's going to be a sacrifice. And the only way that's going to come about in your life is by hearing from God because you're intimate with him because you decided to get married. You decided you wanted a lover. You wanted a romance with Jesus. You didn't just you didn't just want to be married on paper. Okay, you don't want to go through the motions of the law. You wanted to be married to him. That's a whole other thing. Because the law is unto sin and death. And the word tells us. See, I had somebody beat my head um, for many months now because of um, Sabbath day keeping. Some of you out there, um, you will understand what I'm saying. Um, um, I was raised with a lot of those... um, kind of teachings. I always like to say, people say, well, what denomination were you raised at? And I'll tell them, I was a Seventh-day Assembly of Baptists. <laughs> and people was, I've had many people go, there's, there is a Seventh-day Assembly of Baptists. And I have to explain the joke. I said, no. I said, I mean, I grew up, you know, a lot of Assembly of God influence, so kind of Pentecostally charismatic. Um, also Baptist. There were a lot of Baptist churches where I grew up. And so as a teenager and as a kid, we went, and I did a lot of activities at churches like that, you know, Baptist church. Um, and then we also were uh, raised in uh, Seventh-day Adventism, I think that's how you say that, for, um, for a period of time too. So there were different elements from all different ones of them that I picked up. And one of them was uh, about the seventh day being the Sabbath, Saturday. Which, um, I'm not here to talk about that, <laughs> this, the uh, technicalities about that today on this podcast. That's not where I'm going, okay? If you want to talk to me about that, feel free to message me on uh, Telegram. Um, you'll find me as Miss Heather Ann or uh, Signal Heather Ann. Um, or you can find me on MeWe as same name, Heather Ann. We can talk about that and the technicalities and what my beliefs are about that. Um, but this person that I love dearly is thoroughly convinced that if I don't stop buying groceries and such on Saturday, that I'm not going to make it to heaven. And has <laughs> essentially told me that and going on and on and on and on and on. I can't mean I can't get away from it. And it hurts me. It hurts me that that person can't see um, the intimacy I have with God in my life. You know, it hurts me that this person is still so tied up in the technicalities of the law. My heart breaks for that person, that that this person would think such things about God and be misled. And I'm not saying this person is not saved. I'm just saying that whenever you allow the enemy to entangle your mind again with the law, oh, you foolish Galatians, okay, think about it, okay? You've gone back into bondage when Christ has set us free. You can argue all you want to with me till the cows come home, but the Word says it right here, and I'm fixing to read it. Um, it is important. My, matter of fact, it's so important. It's unto the saving of your life. Um, 
that we that we um, that we think like King David thought. Okay, King David was a very free, free-spirited man. He understood the heart of God. The Lord said he was a man after God's own heart. But I'm going to read here in 14, chapter 5, Galatians. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay? And Jesus said that. Okay? He said it too. Let me find it right here. I'll read that too. In Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40. Thou, and, and this is where the Pharisees were trying to trick him, okay? Um, they were always trying to do that. Pharisees, what are Pharisees? Legalistic people, okay? And I'm going to tell you, he tears them a new one in here in, uh, in chapter 23. He called them all kinds of stuff. He called them a hypocrite. He called them the blind leading the blind. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Woe means sorrow, so sorrow unto you. He called them fools. I mean, he was not happy. Okay, in 23, we're over here in 22, they were trying to trick him, and he knew. See, he could see. People don't understand that. If you would have seen that scene in real life and you saw Jesus, he was screaming and yelling, calling them all kinds of names. Do you know how many flesh people there's so many flesh Christians today that can't handle a good tongue lashing from Jesus. It's about time. They need to be put in their place. They need to be rebuked. But they become so thin-skinned and, and so sissified that they're not able to, retake, to, to take a rebuke from God. They can't see that side of Christ, the one that flipped the tables over, birds flying everywhere, coins rolling all over the place. They don't understand that he, when he was in that moment of passion, he was angry because God, the Father, was being misrepresented. You see, he didn't do it to scare and to be mean. I have seen so many Christians misrepresent the flipping of the tables and all that stuff. I have seen so many mean-hearted Christians just as mean as a rattlesnake. I've seen that misrepresented. God gets angry when he is misrepresented by the enemy in this world. The most important thing he wants you to know is his love for you. He is so zealous about it that he'll flip tables over for it. It's like with you. Is somebody messing with your relationship with your children and putting things in their ears that's not true about you? Okay, with how you feel about them, how angry would that make you? That make me want to go punch somebody in the face. Okay, whoo we here we go. So Jesus said this. He said uh, the Pharisees were tricking him, and they come and they ask him, Master, which commandment is the great commandment in the law? It's always about the law. Did you notice that about them? And he says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, on these two commandments hang all the law. In other words, you know, this is so deep. I could go, I'm sorry if I'm preaching a long time, but I... I've got to get this out here. This right here is just common sense, in other words. Okay. <laughs> this is common sense. It's basically like this. If um, if you love your neighbor, okay, 
Um, I'm going to use a literal neighbor in this situation. And I have a neighbor, and I know her, and we're friends, you know, or acquaintances or whatnot. And her husband comes outside, and he's mowing the lawn. He's looking good. He's got no shirt on. He's out there looking all handsome. If I love God, and I love my neighbor, am I going to go over there and sleep with her husband? No. So, uh, if you will abide by by these two right here... You don't have to worry about breaking the other commandments. You're not going to worry about, don't, you're not going to murder someone. You're not going to go commit adultery with somebody, destroy somebody's home. Uh, you're not going to steal from them. Okay? This will cover it all. Okay? The laws for the lawless as a measure by which to judge them. That's why it didn't pass away. Those Ten Commandments, do they still apply? Absolutely. We walk in spirit now. We are... We are walking in a spiritual, in the spirit, where we are above the law. Because when you're soaring above the law, you're in this place where Satan can't touch you. I did one on that. Uh, If you go back in my podcast, there's one called uh, Soaring Above the Law. Um, And the woman at the well knew this. Um, But, uh, where was I? Um, People that want to beat you over the head with the law. Um, Look at the nature of these Pharisees and the way they were always coming at him. They were doing it to, what, discredit him. They didn't want anybody to listen to him. They were were operating out of satanic, demonic spirits coming at him to discredit him. Uh, The enemy comes at us to discredit us in what we have to say whenever he thinks we're trouble, okay? He also, not only does he want want to discredit us, he wants to make us feel like we are not enough. Uh, Because that's what the law has always done to anyone. It has never set anyone free. Uh, You could never be enough for that law to fulfill it. There was always some place where you were lacking. And when you see people coming at you with the law, that's really the spirit in which it's done. It's, well, you fulfilled all these other things, but if you could just do this one thing here, then it, then you would be good. Everything would be good. Well, honey, I'm going to tell you something. Once you start to please that and appease that spirit, I'm speaking to somebody who's dealing with somebody like this. It's probably in a church setting. Okay? So hear me, please. Once you fulfill that thing, that they're wanting you to do that's going to somehow perfect you, make you more holy, that guess what? There's going to be another thing that you need to do and another thing and so forth and so on. You will never please a law, a law person. There's, you can't do it enough, okay? You could, you could do everything as perfect as you could imagine. It is still not enough for a law person, Okay? So don't be, uh, don't, don't be like, um, don't be like the Galatians in that way. And, and where you have to, you, you need to hear this where, where, uh, remember where Paul said, oh, you foolish Galatians. There was a reason for that. He was getting a hold of them. And, um, and they were blessed by that letter he wrote. And, um, because the enemy wants to come back and put a heavy yoke on you. Okay. Um. Yes, he does. So, hallelujah. We're not, we're not, does that mean you should be lawless? Absolutely not. 
I tell you what it means is that you should have common sense, okay? Just like these scriptures right here uh, where Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor, okay? The rest of it will work itself out. You won't be a jerk if you'll just operate love. Man, I'm surprised I haven't beat a hole in the sheetrock with as many times as I've tried to convey this to people. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, I have some wonderful people around my life that are close to me that do get this, and we encourage each other in our walk. It's got to be alive. It's got to be an intimate walk in order to make it through what's coming in this last hour because the law's not going to save you in this last hour. And people have been warned. Um, people have been told over and over, um, over and over, some of them for decades, that they need to start serving the Lord. Um, but I'm going to save that for another podcast. Um, God is, I see God is unyoking us from people who we've been walking with for some of us decades. Um, some of it might be people that you're related to. Some of it might be people you've recently been connected to. But um, he's shaking it up right now. He's sorting the sheep from the goats and the wheat from the tares. And he is teaming us up with with our spirit families right now. And, and hopefully some of our flesh families will also be part of that spirit family. But if they don't want to serve God, okay... Um, you're going to be required to go on and do what God's will is in your life, despite the fact that they don't want to come. Okay, they don't want to follow. Um, Just like Joshua and Caleb entered in anyways. They were the only two that entered in from that original group that came out of Egypt because they had faith. Okay, and I'm going to go into that in the next podcast. But... um, uh, there are people that want to stand in the doorway um, to, to, to try to prevent, okay? Uh, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, I want to read this too. And I'm going to go to the schoolmaster in Galatians. That's something that the Lord put on my heart. Um, remember when he said this, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Well, if you was to get into church right now and start talking the way Jesus talks to some of these people, they'd run you out of there. But listen to this. He said, For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer suffer you them that are entering in to go. In, or entering to go in his King James wording. In other words, he said, You stand in the doorway that you will neither enter in yourself nor allow anyone else to enter in, you hypocrites. You know how angry that makes God? They don't, they will not enter into a walk of the Spirit. And they standing and blocking the doorway so that others can't enter into it either. That want to go into it. How much have you seen that in, in religious order throughout your life? Holy moly, I've seen it quite a lot. You know, 
they don't want to get that intimate with God. And and if you start getting intimate with God, they start to they pull out all kinds of tricks. They'll tell you, oh, you're hearing from the devil. Or, well, you know, I wouldn't really go that. You can, you, that's a dangerous road to go down. You know what I'm saying? They're always, always trying to steer you away from your intimacy. Uh, one of the biggest tricks that Satan has had for, the, for a long time is to convince people that God doesn't talk to them anymore. Well, if God doesn't talk to them anymore, then it's not a real relationship. Satan loves that doctrine. He absolutely loves that doctrine uh, because it keeps people in a dead marriage, okay? He loves it because he knows that they can't really have intimacy with Christ if they can't hear from him and they're not in communion with him. Communion is communication, same thing. Communion, you're communing, communicating, okay? Hallelujah. We've got to be intimate with Christ. Um, Yes, and they stand in the doorway that they don't plan on going in there and they're just guarding it so others won't go in. And he calls them the blind leading the blind. Oh, gracious. I'm sorry if I'm a little worked up today. Um, I'm not as, uh, I don't have a lot of jokes. (laughs) But it's very serious to me. I really get angry. Um, If somebody threatens my intimacy with God, I take that personally. You know, it reminds me of something. This is a good, good story. God gave this to me um, years ago, actually. I've used it a couple of times. Um, But you know, I used to get so hurt when I would share my um, testimony with friends and different people, and they would reject it. And it would feel... I felt like they rejected me. It hurt me. And um, I would ponder. And, and, you know, we had 14 acres in a house, and God blessed us with that. We lived on that land. I lived there for, for, for 18 years, and um, it was a blessing. He kept me hidden at the end of that dirt road. And... Um, it was a beautiful place. We had big, beautiful oak trees. And, and I remember we we had this um, terrace that was out in the backyard. And it was a big uh, flagstone terrace. And I had some beautiful um, uh, raw iron furniture out there. And it was underneath the awning of these big oak trees. And under those big oak trees, I used to sit there with my feet kicked up on the table and the wind and the beautiful field behind me just swaying in the wind and it was beautiful we were kind of up on a hill you can see far out there and on in that place in that beautiful place that rustic beautiful place god would talk to me and i'd be sitting out there with my tea glass and uh, whatever and i just sit there i sit there for for a long time i would sit there at different times and I remember this is that's where God gave me this revelation I'm going to share with you but I would get so hurt that people didn't want to hear I couldn't understand and I felt rejected because they rejected what was part of me and um, I, the Lord showed it to me like this is if I had a girlfriend come out there and sit with me which I did on many different occasions and come out and sit with me at that patio table. And I started telling her about my Vernon. 
my husband and talking about him and the plans that we had together or what he told me yesterday or anything like that. And if she looked at me and she said, listen, Heather, I, every time we talk, you've always got to talk about Vernon and you've got to talk about your husband. And honestly, I just don't want to hear about it. Okay. I don't like him. No, I like you, but I don't really like him. And so if you don't mind, would you please not talk to me about your husband anymore? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I only go so far when it comes to my husband. I mean, that was my husband. And I want to tell you right now, in in, a re- in real life, I might have got up and helped her escort her to the car by the head of her hair. I was a fiery one. You didn't talk about my husband. My mama taught me that. She, she used to sing that song, Stand By Your Man by Tammy Wynette. <laughs> she, she taught me that. Like, those are fighting words. You know, you don't talk about my husband. I'll punch your lights out. No, I'm not justifying violence. I'm just trying to tell you that's how passionate I am about that. When I'm married to someone, I'm married. Okay? Even if I'm mad at them, you better not say anything about them. Okay? But that's what goes on with uh, people that reject the Christ in us. When we're that intimate with Him... I mean, when, you're, you, when you share the bed with him at night and you wake up talking to him and you wake up saying, honey, what do you want to do today? Okay, when you're living your life daily like that and someone hates, hates your husband, your Christ, your Jesus, you take it that personally because you're married. You're intimate with him. Do you understand? Do you understand, my love? Because I'm going to tell you something. Um... When you're not that intimate with him, when you're not that, you know, it's just you're not married to him, okay? You hear people say that in the world, so worldly time. Well, I'm not married to it, you know. Um, but when you're married to him, um, he's part of you. That's where God wants us to be. That's where he wants us to get. And that's where he wants us to stay in this last hour. Because it will be what preserves you. And when I'm talking about preserving you, I'm not just talking about your flesh body. I'm talking about your spirit. Because when it gets down and dirty in the end here, where people are having to, you're going to have to make a decision whether it's Christ or death. You have to make a decision between the two. It's not going to be the law that causes you to make that decision. People that are walking in the law are going to forsake Christ because it was just a law. It was just a rule book. But those that are married to him will have no choice. I'm going to tell you something you know already. You, you, you just have no choice. You can't separate yourself from him. You can't be separated from him. You're married to him. Okay? We're in that hour. It's intimacy is where it's at. So I am going to read Galatians before I close this up. And I hope you got something out of this. I know I have. Um, Yeah. The law was a schoolmaster unto us. I had a... About 10 years ago... um, Well, 10. It was probably 15, 12, 15, something like that. And... um, that's when I really, really got in there and started, really started studying my Bible again. It's a long story. I was kept away from the Bible in a very sneaky way that the enemy set against my life uh, as a young young girl, a kid. 
And um, I was afraid to read the Bible because every time I would read the Bible, it would trigger uh, memories of abuse and things that had been, that had happened to me. Um, And I just felt like God didn't love me. That's just all there was to it. I saw God through the scope of the law. That's just the way it, it just, it fits. It's the truth. What that's how I saw God. So I had a long, it was a long time before I was able to really pick up the Bible. I would try to pick up the Bible and I'd start reading it and hearing the language of the, the way this, even the rhythm of the way the King James sounded. I just felt like I, I could never be enough and I would just put it down. And uh, it wasn't that I didn't want it, God, I didn't want to read the Bible. It was that every time I would read it, I would feel pain in my heart, I feel hurt. Because he was misrepresented to me as a cold-hearted God of the law. That's why I get angry when people present my father that way. I get angry when people present Christ that way. And I'm going to stand up for the weak and those that are hurt. And I'm going to tell them about the God that loves them with a passion. Hallelujah. But I had, um, again, another family member that had come to me um, and started talking about the law. They were real, uh, this particular person, real big into uh, Messianic Judaism. Okay, we're not Jewish. Well, um, my family, at least technically, um, we are, um, we're just, you know, come from a lot of Pentecostal type beliefs. But this person's real into the Messianic church and all that sort of thing and love that person. And that person really does love the Lord. I see the fruit of God in that person's life. But um, I brought this uh, scripture. Uh, God had armed me with the scripture. And I had never paid attention to it before. But it was like the night before he just highlighted this scripture to me. And this scripture is this, because see, the Lord will arm you when he knows you're about to be attacked and he knows that the enemy wants to entangle you. The enemy desperately wants to entangle you so that you are not free. And he sends people to do that. And he, and I was at a critical stage in my development. He didn't want me to get entangled in doubt the things he was teaching me about freedom. Hallelujah. So the night before he said, he showed me this. And it's chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto faith, unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Okay? But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now that's interesting. So the law was used to train us, to teach us that we needed to, uh, you know, be serving God and then to bring us unto Christ in intimacy that we might be justified by faith. But that, but that after faith has come and you're in intimacy, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Um, so this person comes to me the next day at a family gathering and just starts talking to me about God and everything. And, and then he starts to go on about all these rituals and how we need to be keeping all these feasts and how we need to be doing all these things. And, and that that's how we, we're going to show God how <laughs> holy we are, I guess. I guess you, I didn't know you could get holier than being sanctified in the blood of Christ. But apparently to this person, you can. I think that person has grown beyond that now. So I want to be fair. Um. But at that time, that's what the person was saying to me. And this scripture just came right out of my mouth. And I quoted it. And it just shut that person down. 
They don't have anything to say. See, when you start using this Bible uh, the way it was intended to be used, okay, and and when God leads you to Scripture, okay, that's going to, the, the Word is like a sword, okay? They shoot that stuff at you and you just cut it down, okay? Because they also need to be untangled. They also need to be untangled. So, it also reminds me of, the schoolmaster scripture reminds me of this, okay? Do you remember like, okay, kindergarten, first grade, you know, little bitty elementary kids, okay? Uh, When we would go to lunch, (laughs) they're so cute at that age. Um, You know, they put the little kids in a line, you know, everybody had to get in line to go wherever, okay? Just look to the gym or to the, the cafeteria, okay? These little people, they'll just wander off. I mean, you have to have like some rules to, some routine, you know, to kind of keep them, keep them in literally in line, you know, so that, because uh, you can't just say, okay, everybody, everybody head to the cafeteria. These little babies, five years old, <laughs> they'll get lost in the hallways, right? Okay, but once we come up out of that, I remember I went to, when we, my high school that I went to later, out in the hill country, we actually had at that time, which I don't know if they do much of this anymore, we had an open campus at lunch. <laughs> so we would, of course, we had, you know, we'd drive, and drive ourselves to and from school, but we'd also have open campus. So during lunch, you could go, you know, you could leave uh, school and go get you something to eat um, anywhere in town, but you knew you had to be back. You, that with the freedom came responsibility, okay? Um, so, I mean, you can see how that kind of applies it. The law was a schoolmaster unto us to bring us unto faith, bring us unto our responsibility, our, our spiritual responsibility. Okay, if you're walking in the love of Christ, you have responsibility. Okay? You don't need everybody to tell you tit for tat of the law of everything you should be doing and not doing because you're, you're, you're daily communing with him. He's talking to you. Oh, some people will never understand this. Uh, you can uh, you can tell them all day long and they still don't get it. And honestly, that scares me for some people. Because um, just like he said to the woman at the well, this is a very long podcast. Um, just like he said to the woman at the well that there would come a day and he knew that even that time was then. That, um, that the true worshipers would worship God in spirit, and the Father sought such to worship Him. God is a spirit. So I hope this ministered to you today. I hope you got something good out of it. I know I did, and um, I pray that God just touches your heart and your life and continues to talk to you. And for those of you out there that... You just say, oh, Heather, I want that too. I need, I want that deeper place with God. Um, I pray that you, that you get to that place. I pray that he pours his spirit out on you and that you begin to truly hear every blockage that is trying to hinder your hearing of him would cease to be in Jesus' name. Lord God, I ask that you would touch every person, every soul that heard me today. Lord God, I ask that you would, um, open all of the channels, uh, of communication that you desire to open and that they would open their hearts 
and their minds and their ears and their spiritual eyes to hear and see and to feel everything that you're trying to communicate with them, Lord God, and that you would gird them up in every way and strength and courage for this last hour. In Jesus' name, Lord God, that they would that they would understand that this is a marriage and this is a romantic marriage. It's not a marriage of the law. I hope you got something good out of that. Um, like I said earlier in this podcast, um, the Lord has put on my heart to do uh, a podcast about um, the, the wilderness and Egypt and coming out of Egypt in the wilderness and uh, going into the promised land. And that's something I'm not sure if I'm going to do it over two or three podcasts or if I'm going to do it all in one. But God has put a heavy burden on my heart for that story And I'm going to open up, share some personal testimonies of how that parallels in my own life. And it probably parallels in yours also. So, um, thank you for tuning in. And any of you that would like to reach out to me, my uh, email is mylipshallproclaim at gmail.com. You can also find me as Heather Ann on MeWe and connect with me there. Um, I'm going to, I have a a Telegram account. If you would like to look that up, my lips shall proclaim. And um, God bless you very much. And no matter what happens, no matter how bad it looks out there, no matter what is going on, you have yourself a lovely day anyway.